Welcome to Bethel Cleveland's Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy today's message. For more information on this podcast or how to get connected, go to BethelCleveland.com. Hey, Merry Christmas, everyone. So glad to see you and uh, be able to be where you are right now. This is a great day. You know, it's not often we get Christmas on Sunday. It happens every eight, nine, ten years, something like that. And here we are. So let's talk about Jesus for a few minutes here. I know you've had a great time in worship if you tuned in a little earlier. And uh, we're here right now just celebrating the goodness of God on Christmas Sunday. So turn with me, if you could, in Scripture to Luke chapter 2. You know, I'm going to talk about the original Christmas story. I don't know about you, but every Christmas you, you do get into this memory mode where you're remembering different Christmases, what happened, you know, what was great, some of the crazy things that happened. You know, you burnt the turkey or whatever. I know there's all kinds of stories that come out. One of my favorites is not necessarily Christian-oriented, but when we were living in Canada, my kids were really little. We have four children, and we were so they were so excited. We lived in a house that was like 160 years old. So the floors were slanted. It had like a wood-burning stove in the kitchen. It was very Christmassy, Canada, you know, just what you'd expect. The snowflakes were falling. And uh, and so we what we did back then is we strung uh, popcorn and cranberries uh, and then would wrap that around the tree. It's kind of a Canadian deal, you know, and so the kids would help out, you know, be watching TV and movies and stuff. And we'd be stringing popcorn, you know, like couple popcorn, couple cranberries, where it makes this nice little braid that goes around the tree. We had it all put up <clears throat> really nice. It was later in the evening, so we thought, perfect, it's just good. Go to bed, wake up the next morning on a cold Canadian morning, go downstairs, you know, pass by the tree and look at it, something's a little different. The tree has been stripped of all the cranberries. And we look and there's like cranberry skins laying on the floor and I thought, what in the world happened? Well, we found out that somehow squirrels got into our house that night and stripped our Christmas tree. And it doesn't matter, that was like 30 some years ago, and it doesn't matter to this day, every Christmas, it's the major memory that comes to my mind when the squirrels attacked our Christmas tree. So hopefully you got up this morning, the squirrels did not attack your Christmas tree. It usually only happens if you're in a house that's over 150 years old. Anyway. What is Christmas all about? It's about Jesus. But what happened in the story? It's a month of, we celebrate in December, it's a month of pondering. I love to use that word, it's a biblical word. The Catholics actually talk about the ponderings of Mary. Mary had four different ponderings that all related to Jesus. So it's a month of pondering where you're thinking about maybe family, maybe buying gifts, Christmas, the meal, all kinds of things that we celebrate here in the United States of America. And uh, you ponder about things deeper, more broader, your history, your background, the way you grew up. It's a great time of collecting your thoughts together right before we move into a new year and begin to get a blank slate and write a new narrative on our life. And so this is a time though of looking back over our life. It's a parentheses of sorts, you know, between one subject and another, Christmas becomes that moment of celebration, hopefully with your family or friends or or your husband or wife, uh, neighbors, whatever it might be, getting together some other folks that you love, I hope, and having some good food together and remembering Jesus Christ and the great sacrifice he made and how it all started 
really, as we celebrate on Christmas Sunday. So that parentheses time, pondering, clarification. It's also a time of future casting where you start to look ahead and say, you know, what is my life really gonna be like? It's a place of suspension where everything is just kind of hanging there and we're, we're looking over what's happened and looking ahead to what is about to become. And so Luke chapter two shows us the life of Christ and what happened in the life of Mary and Jesus and Joseph. Chapter two, verse one through 20 says this, this shows the Jesus effect on everyone. And hopefully he's had an effect on your life also. It came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world would be registered. This census took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea to the city of David, which he called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David. That's important. To be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for him in the inn. Now there was in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were greatly afraid. And then the angel said to them, do not be afraid for behold, I will bring you good tidings or good news, good news of great joy, which will be for all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord, and this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger, and suddenly there was an angel and a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God all around them and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward all men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. What power this was, these shepherds, which were the, the low lifes of the time. I mean, no one wanted to be near them. They probably smelled like sheep. They were not rich men at all. They lived out in the fields, even in the cold. But it's amazing that God chose them to, to express what was about to happen, sent the angels to them first, showing that God reaches into every class, every people group. There's nobody that is outside of the eye of the Lord and the reach of the Lord. They get all excited by this, who wouldn't? I mean, angels showing up, singing, rejoicing, telling you where to find Jesus. And so they went on a treasure hunt to find Jesus. And it says, uh, they moved in haste toward Mary and Joseph. They found them and the babe was lying in a manger, just like what the angels said. And now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. I love it that the first evangelist, they get so excited about seeing, they go and tell everyone uh, all around, probably all throughout Bethlehem, come and see. You won't believe what's going on over here in the manger. And all those heard it and marveled at those things which were being told to them by the shepherds. 
the shepherds, the low-life shepherds, were becoming primary preachers of the gospel of Jesus Christ spreading the good news. But Mary, the mother of Jesus, kept this. Kept in the Greek means treasured up and preserved all these things and pondered, which means to confer with oneself. It's akin to a Old Testament concept of meditation. <clears throat> like a, a good mom, she treasured these things in her heart and pondered them and thought about it. What is this to be? She had heard the prophetic words that had been given to her. She knew what was written in the Torah. But all of a sudden now, this is engaging big time. She's just had this child and hears now that there's already been a, a myriad of angels that have appeared to shepherds. And those shepherds have now come to talk with her and to see Christ, the child. Verse 20, then the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God. So they were there, they ran away, they told everyone in Bethlehem, they came back. Praising God for all the things that they had heard in and seen as it was told to them. So Mary is beginning to grow and initiate in her pondering of who Jesus is. And I ask right now over these next few minutes, think about Jesus. I mean, maybe you've already opened your gifts, <clears throat> maybe you've already had your meal, I don't know what time you may have watched this. Maybe Christmas is even over. I don't know for some of you. But take a moment and just focus on this. I love how the Bible says in Hebrews, fix your eyes upon the Lord. So fix your eyes right now upon the Lord in this moment, wherever you are and whatever's going on. Maybe you're even alone. I encourage you right now, God is with you. Jesus wants to reveal himself to you just the way he did to those early shepherds. And ponder for a few minutes about what Mary went through as the mother of Jesus. She was closest to Jesus. The Catholics actually call her one of the apostles. So they saw her as someone who was a spiritual person, not just a, a, a woman uh, with a womb that held the child, that God, the Holy Spirit breathed upon her as we know in scripture. But, but she was chosen as a person who was righteous and holy before God. And this woman had depth to her that we may never know until we fully see her when we get to heaven. She was the one that was with Jesus from birth to death. No one else accomplished that. Mary grew in her pondering though. Her pondering transformed her to declaration of faith. It took 30 years of trying to understand the promise. In Luke 1, when the angel first shows up, Gabriel, and speaks to her that she would have a child, the Bible says she considered what manner of greeting that was. That was the first pondering. In Luke 2 and verse 19, Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. What I just read, that was the second pondering. The third pondering was Luke 2 verse 33, where there was Simeon in the temple. <clears throat> he prays and Joseph and Mary both marveled at what was spoken over Jesus. That is the third pondering. The fourth one is in Luke 2, verse 51. Uh, I would argue there's almost a fifth pondering, but anyway, we'll get to that in a minute. Age 12, when Jesus was 12 years old, she pondered at how he was growing in magnificence, in his wisdom and knowledge of God and man. He had favor with God and man, according to Luke 2:52. Mary kept all these things in her heart. What is this about? Who is this child and the prophetic words? I mean, by this time she has to know that this is the son of God. It's been told her, 
But you know how it is sometimes. You get told something and it takes a while before you to fully digest what is going on. A woman pondering for 30 years. In John chapter 2, it says this, and this is when Jesus is 30 years old. His ministry begins to officially kick off at a wedding when his mother, being a friend of the host and part of the wedding that was going on, realizes the wine has run out. And she comes to Jesus and says, Jesus, we have no wine. Jesus gets in a little bit of a debate with her, but at the end, she really doesn't say anything else. She turns to the servants and says, whatever he says for you to do, do it. Jesus didn't feel that was the spot or time to do this. And if you look in scripture, you can see that. But because of his mother's request, he turns the water into wine. It was his first miracle in scripture because of his mom, because of her ponderings. By this time at age 30, she knows in this moment, this is what Jesus was created for. There's gonna become times in your life where you've wondered about God, you've wondered about Jesus, you wonder about His Holy Spirit, how this all works together. This Christmas season is a great time to let that to swirl around in your very soul, in your very mind and say, who is Jesus to me? Even if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, as Mary was for 30 years since His birth, she comes to a point where she is growing in her understanding of who Jesus really is. Have you grown in your understanding of the Christ child? Have you grown in understanding that God gave him as a gift to the world, that the word became flesh and dwelt among us? Have you realized the power of that light that is given to you that when that light shines, when Christ comes into you, you become a testimony to everyone around you. You become an influencer to everyone around you. And the greater that light is in you, as you grow in your knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, the greater influence, the greater power, the greater impact to your children, to your brothers and sisters, to your husband or your wife, to your parents, to your friends, to your coworkers, the power of God begins to impact them in very powerful ways. Those who seek Jesus and ponder God's ways will reach a point of great faith. You know, I was just thinking when I was preparing this song the other day, this song, I don't know who does it. Uh, it's a pretty popular song. It's on the radio, Christian song. It's not necessarily a Christmas song, but, but it came to my mind, who is the King of glory that pursues me with his love? and haunts me with each hearing of his softly spoken words. We are on a discovery, and especially during this month of Christmas, especially on this day of Christmas Sunday, we are on the search of Jesus Christ. Who is this King of glory? Do I believe in this King who pursues me with his love? Not many people have pursued me with love. My wife has, thank God, my children. But it's, it's limited. It's a limited sphere in your life. But God, the King, the Creator of the universe, pursues you. We know through the three parables, the, the sheep that was lost, the shepherd pursued them. The woman who lost the coin, the woman pursued him till she found that coin. Even the son who walked away from his father with the inheritance, the father keep going out, would keep going down every day and looking out in the field, hoping his son would come back. And one day his son did. And when he did, he ran to him in love, not in judgment, but in love. 
That's the king that we worship. That's the king that was birthed that we celebrate on this day. It's not just a little child in a manger. This child grows up in you, grows up in you. And the reality of the mature Jesus Christ at age 30 as he walked this earth and healed the sick is in you. Jesus did great things when he was on this planet and he even said that greater things you would do. <clears throat> that is a mind blower. I can't even handle that. In fact, it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, but as it is written, eye is not seen, ear is not heard. It's not even entered into the heart of men the things which God has prepared for those who love Him. He loves you. Will you love Him? If you love Him, He's got treasures yet to reveal to you. What's it say in Scripture? It says, but God has revealed them to us through His Spirit. Ephesians 1.13 says that when you are born again, that you receive the seal of the Holy Spirit. If you would ask Jesus Christ in your heart right now, or maybe you've floated, wandered away from the Lord, you know, you've been doing your own thing, but on this Christmas Sunday, or in this moment when you're listening to this, you're realizing Jesus is real. His love is real. I know, I've experienced it at various times throughout my heart. And so in this moment, I I respond back to the one who has loved me throughout eternity. I respond back with Jesus, I love you. Jesus, come into my heart. And when you do that, the Holy Spirit begins to reveal things you've never seen, you've never heard of, you cannot even imagine what they are, the love of God that is going to overwhelm your life. 2023. It's gonna be an amazing year for you. This is a season right now, between now and 2023 of revealing. Give your heart, refresh your heart before the Lord right now. And say, I wanna follow you in 2023. I give my life fully to you. You are about to be have things revealed to you that are just unbelievable. How you can experience God's love in such a powerful way and how He will nourish you from this point on and how you will enter into a place of great healing of your very soul. And the ultimate thing is you will flourish in Jesus Christ. You know, there's many instances throughout history really and throughout my life of where I've just experienced the presence of God so powerfully. I was at a, an Italian market recently in, in St. Petersburg, Florida with my wife and we bellied up against the bar there, which they serve some nice cappuccinos and lattes. And we were watching, we're, it's, you're basically in the kitchen and all these Italian women are there making bread and making pastries and, you know, getting all the stuff together. And the atmosphere is just, it's, it's eclectic, but, it's, but it's, so, it's so energizing and powerful, you know. And my wife and I both were emotionally moved at that bar as we watched the preparation of people that loved doing what they were doing. And here we are on the other end of it, feasting on the pastry, feasting on the sandwich, the breakfast sandwich, feasting upon the cappuccino that's been freshly ground and, and poured into our cup and we're enjoying it together. And in that moment, you are experiencing the presence of God. Yes, even in natural moments, you think, well, that's just, you're just drinking a cup of coffee. You're just eating some food. There's something in the touch of God that you have never seen and never felt. You will feel from this point forward as you behold the child in the manger and allow that child to grow inside of you, you're gonna become something that you always dreamed of but thought was never possible. It's the presence of God. 
I want to close with this, that, that uh, in 1 John 1, it says this, and, and, uh, and John, by the way, was known as the one that Jesus loved. He really imbibed that, that compassionate relationship with Jesus Christ. He wrote this little book, 1 John, in the New Testament. He says this, that which was from the beginning, the beginning of time, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. It's capitalized in the Bible because that's a euphemism for Jesus. He was the word. Verse two, the life was manifest and we have seen and we bear witness and we declare to you that eternal life, which was with the Father was manifested to us. That which we have seen and heard, we declare to you that you also, may have fellowship with us. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ. These things we write to you that your joy may be full. I pray today that you have fellowship with me through Jesus Christ. Why? That your joy may be full. Joy to the world. Merry Christmas to you. I hope you have a great day with someone, with your family, friends, whoever. And remember, Jesus is the reason for the season. And if you're not a part of a local church, come visit us at Bethel Cleveland. This next Sunday, we're in Middleburg Heights. We're in Brunswick. We're in Akron. Go to BethelCleveland.com. We'd love to have you come visit, see you in person, and imbibe and enjoy that fellowship together like which was written in Scripture because of Jesus Christ and His great love. God bless. Merry Christmas. Thank you for listening to our Sermon of the Week. You can help us reach others by investing today at BethelCleveland.com give.